It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We were playing in Denver once, and the only 15-yard penalty I ever had in my life in a regular season game. And what happened was Jack Tatum hit a guy on the sidelines inbounds and knocked him out of bounds, and the referee throws a flag. So I say, you know, that's, that's wrong. I mean, he hit him. It's not a penalty. You know, and then I added a, a few bleeps. So well, the now official... Exactly, what were the bleeps? Give us an indication of how severe the bleeps might have been. Uh, severe bleeps. I mean, when you talk about bleeps, we're talking about good, strong bleeps. We're not talking about but the now, time that you, the type you talk about. But things have loosened up since then. Is there no. a chance that you could... No, it's still too strong, still, still even too strong. under okay. a loosened up type of okay. deal. All right. So anyway, so the official goes and they mark off the 15 yards against us. So then he comes back and said, who did you call a bleep? Mm -hmm. So I'm still mad. So I said, look, there's only one bleep here, and that's you, you bleep. Yeah. So now he throws the flag on me, uh -huh. because I told the truth. I could have said, my equipment man did it. No. So now they go, and they march another 15 yards off us. So, you know, we finally calm down, get the things straightened out. The next pass, Greg Morton goes back to pass. Phil Villapiano, my linebacker, intercepts it, runs it back to the 50. We get the ball, Kenny Stabler, our quarterback, goes in, throws a touchdown pass in the first play to Dave Casper. So now we're lining up for the next kickoff, and that same official is on the sideline there, and I walk up to him and I says, that proves you're a bleep. <laughs> and he didn't give me another uh, <laughs> That's probably, that's probably what I was doing then. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Neymar First Off. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that Gabe Jarrett of Real Genius will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, both the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship are taking place this weekend as this program airs. The respective winners of those two games will face each other in Super Bowl 56, which takes place Sunday, February 13th. Since we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs as we speak, we thought we'd spend a few minutes talk about the career of Hall of Fame NFL coach, Super Bowl winning coach, and legendary NFL broadcaster John Madden. John Madden passed away Tuesday, December 28th at the age of 85. Joining us now is our friend Steve Beverly. Steve Beverly recently Retired professor of broadcast journalism at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, where he not only taught television news to the new breed of TV broadcasters, but also 
was the play-by-play announcer for the uh, Union University men's and women's basketball team. Uh, Steve broadcast college basketball both on the regional level and on a national level for the better part of 25 years. Steve Beverly also the host of Steve Beverly's TV Classics weekly two-hour festival of classic shows from the 50s and 60s that you can see on demand every week at eplustv6.com. Steve, uh, Steve, it says a lot about anyone's career when their audience spans three generations. In John Madden's case, how you think of him really depends on how you first got to know him. It really is, and you're talking about a guy that he could not play pro football. He was considered to be uh, an outstanding linebacker, and he had an. Uh, people looked and, and he thought that he had just an amazing career. Well, he couldn't play at the higher level because he had had a, a traumatic knee injury that just left him at a point where he could not play anymore. But he became a coach. He started out as a linebacker's coach at the college level and then eventually was brought into uh, contact with Al Davis, the owner of the Oakland Raiders. And Al was really impressed with John's knowledge of the game and eventually hired him as a linebacker's coach for the Raiders. And as the years went on, uh, he moved up the ranks and eventually became the head coach of the Raiders and and won a Super Bowl defeating the Minnesota Vikings and just this was a guy that he he had sort of some somebody described him one time as saying he has the goofiest look on the sidelines but <laughs> that that goofy look translates into he was a tremendous motivator of players and so his success, a lot of people thought he would just go on and on and on and be one of these veteran coaches. But he reached a stage because it, you got to the point in the 1970s, the late 1970s, where pro football coaches became all consumed by, it became a year-round business, not just a seasonal business. And they became consumed by the profession. And that was not John Madden. He wanted time for his wife, Virginia, and wanted time for his family. And I'll never forget the day he called a news conference, and he told everybody he was stepping down as coach of the Raiders, and the tagline was he said, I just don't have it anymore. And what he meant is he just didn't have it for the demands that were really becoming incumbent on head football coaches in the National Football League. And that's where he began to transition to becoming a broadcaster. I think the way he put it, Steve, was at that point he reached the point where he was spending a lot of his life on planes, but he wasn't, quote-unquote, going anywhere, or more importantly to him, as this became evident in the last 40 years when he would talk about this in the course of the broadcast, you know, he said, you spend a lot of time in planes, but you don't see anything. And he may have been the epitome of the football coach, but he was also a well-rounded individual who knew that while football was life, there was more to life than football at the same time. Yeah. He suffered from claustrophobia, and ultimately that led to a fear of flying for him, which is why when he began to be a broadcaster, uh, he 
and, and it became interesting because it became a marketing thing for him. Uh, Greyhound supplied him with a bus that became known as the Madden Cruiser. Yes. <laughs> and and so that's how he made it. It didn't matter if, if he and Pat Summerall were going to have to be in Los Angeles one week and in Green Bay the next. He was going to be traveling in that bus to the next location. And so that was, you know, it was just amazing how his career, though, because he was one of these people that you didn't hear him in interviews that much uh, during the years he was a coach, unless you were somebody who lived in the San Francisco, Oakland area. You didn't hear him on interviews, and so nobody knew. And there had been plenty of coaches that tried to make the transition to being broadcasters who were not successful at the national. Norman Van Brocklin was an example of one who was just deadly dull on the air. Uh, and and I could name you a, a big laundry list of coaches that tried. John Sauer was another one that tried to do it, and he was more like one of these guys. Well, the <laughs> linebackers have been overshot. It, it just really dull to listen to. But Madden was just himself. He was this frenetic type of broadcaster that somehow he came across as every man. Uh, he was he was this blue collar type of guy that came across like the guy who's sitting at home and he's having his chips and and whatever else he's going to have as a, a beverage there. And it, you feel like you got a guy who's sitting there with you who might as well be in the living room with you. He broke it down in simple terms and made it easy to understand and as you just, and as you alluded, fun. You know, he would bring in the onomatopoeia like boom and whap. He would make up onomatopoeia words, you know. And it was and and then when uh within a couple of years of of when he started broadcasting for CBS, the telestrator became a tool of broadcasting. And you gave that to Madden, and he had so much fun doing I mean, he knew how to use it, but he also had fun using it, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, before I describe that, I wonder what would have happened if on Password, Alan had handed out the words, Alan Ludden had handed out the words, and it was said, the password is onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the clues would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 sounds like something that should have been that that should have been included in the Odd Couple episode with Felix and Oscar. Absolutely, it, it would have been ideal for that. <laughs> but you're right about the you're, you're, how the electronic technology that Madden and he was a very smart man. Don't let his rugged looks and some of that that offbeat personality fool you. He was a very smart man, and he was not somebody who shied away from technology. He embraced it, and he saw how it could help illustrate in advance of a play, because it, most people, I think, do understand now that the broadcast teams do have pregame sessions earlier in the week with the coaches of the respective teams that they're going to be calling on that Sunday afternoon, or, or whether it's on Monday night, whatever. And, and so they know what to anticipate. And that just played right into Madden's hands because he was also looking at it from the perspective of coach, but he thought that it was really important for him to be a teacher of the game to the average fan who doesn't understand all the technical talk. And he was one of the best that there was at 
telestrator to point out where this defender was going to go, and this defender was going to try to curl around behind his blocker and try to go in for the sack. And then he could also do it from an offensive standpoint of showing which way that you might expect to see a certain receiver go on a route based on the formation that they were in. It probably didn't make everybody an encyclopedia of plays, but it it did help you understand some of the technical nature of football that would be over your head if you didn't have somebody who could explain it in layman's terms. And I think that's something that we're still missing from a lot of football broadcasting from ex-athletes who get into the booth and they start talking about wheel routes and they start talking about post routes. And you got the casual fan who's sitting there at home. They don't have a clue what you're talking about. And and I think that's one thing. Madden saw himself as somebody who would be sitting in the same room with somebody who was just a fan. And I think that's why he was such a, a one who transcended color analysis on the National Football League games. Steve Beverly is with us as we spend a few minutes talking about the life and legacy of John Madden, John Madden Super Bowl winning coach of the Oakland Raiders, legendary football broadcaster, pioneering football broadcaster in many respects. John Madden passed away Tuesday, December 28th at the age of 85. We'll carry over our conversation with Steve Beverly in our second hour. We'll talk about how Madden was one of the few broadcasters who called NFL games on all four major TV networks. We'll also talk about how his longtime on-air partnership with Pat Summerall carried over into a longtime friendship off the air. We'll also talk about what's on tap in January in February on Steve Beverly's TV Classics. Then we will welcome film and television actor Gabriel Jarrett. All that and more. We come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.